Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Kings chapter 7 from the World English Bible. Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house, for he built the house of the forest of Lebanon. Its length was 100 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits, on four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams on the pillars. It was covered with cedar above over the 45 beams that were on the pillars, 15 in a row. There were beams in three rows, and window was facing window in three ranks. All the doors and posts were made square with beams, and window was facing window in three ranks. He made the porch of pillars. Its length was 50 cubits and its width 30 cubits, with a porch before them, and pillars and a threshold before them. He made the porch of the throne where he was to judge, even the porch of judgment, and it was covered with cedar from floor to floor. His house where he was to dwell, the other court within the porch, was of the like work. He made also a house for Pharaoh's daughter, whom Solomon had taken as wife like this porch. All these were of costly stones, even of cut stone, according to measure, sawed with saws, inside and out, even from the foundation to the coping, and so on the outside to the great court. The foundation was of costly stones, even great stones, stones of ten cubits and stones of eight cubits. Above were costly stones, even cut stone, according to measure, and cedar wood. The great court around had three courses of cut stone and a course of cedar beams, like the inner court of Yahweh's house and the porch of the house. King Solomon sent and brought Hiram out of Tyre. He was the son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and skill to work all works in bronze. He came to King Solomon and performed all his work. For he fashioned the two pillars of bronze, eighteen cubits high apiece, and a line of twelve cubits encircled either of them. He made two capitals of molten bronze to set on the tops of the pillars. The height of the one capital was five cubits, and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were nets of checker work and wreaths of chain work for the capitals which were on the top of the pillars seven for the one capital and seven for the other capital. So he made the pillars and there were two rows around on the one network to cover the capitals that were on the top of the pillars, and he did so for the other capital. The capitals that were on the top of the pillars in the porch were of lily work, four cubits. There were capitals above also on the two pillars, close by the belly which was beside the network. There were two hundred pomegranates in rows around the other capital. He set up the pillars at the porch of the temple. He set up the right pillar and called its name Jachin, and he set up the left pillar and called its name Boaz. On the top of the pillars was lily work, so the work of the pillars was finished. 
he made the molten sea of ten cubits from brim to brim, round in shape. Its height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits encircled it. Under its brim around there were buds which encircled it for ten cubits, encircling the sea. The buds were in two rows, cast when it was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, and three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. And the sea was set on them above, and all their hindquarters were inward. It was a hand-width thick. Its brim was worked like the brim of a cup, like the flower of a lily. It held two thousand baths. He made the ten bases of bronze. The length of one base was four cubits, four cubits its width, and three cubits its height. The work of the bases was like this. They had panels, and there were panels between the ledges. And on the panels that were between the ledges were lions, oxen, and cherubim. And on the ledges there was a pedestal above, and beneath the lions and oxen were wreaths of hanging work. Every base had four bronze wheels and axles of bronze, and the four feet of it had supports. The supports were cast beneath the basin, with wreaths at the side of each. Its mouth within the capital and above was a cubit. Its mouth was round after the work of a pedestal, a cubit and a half. And also on its mouth were engravings, and their panels were square, not round. The four wheels were underneath the panels, and the axles of the wheels were in the base. The height of the wheel was a cubit and a half a cubit. The work of the wheels was like the work of a chariot wheel. Their axles and their rims and their spokes and their naves were all of cast metal. There were four supports at the four corners of each base. Its supports were of the base itself. In the top of the base there was a round band, half a cubit high, and on the top of the base its supports and its panels were the same. On the plates of its supports and on its panels he engraved cherubim, lions, and palm trees, each in its space, with wreaths all around. He made the ten bases in this way. All of them had one casting, one measure, and one form. He made ten basins of bronze. One basin contained forty baths, and every basin was four cubits. And on every one of the ten bases, one basin. He set the bases, five on the right side of the house, and five on the left side of the house. He set the sea on the right side of the house eastward and toward the south. Hiram made the pots, the shovels, and the basins. So Hiram finished doing all the work that he worked for King Solomon in Yahweh's house. The two pillars, the two bowls of the capitals that were on the top of the pillars, the two networks to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two networks, two rows of pomegranates for each network to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars, the ten bases, the ten basins on the bases, the one sea, the twelve oxen under the sea, the pots, the shovels, and the basins, even all these vessels, which Hiram made for King Solomon in Yahweh's house, were of burnished bronze. The king cast them in the plain of the Jordan, in the clay ground between Succoth and Zarathan. Solomon left all the vessels unweighed because there were so many of them. The weight of the bronze could not be determined. Solomon made all the vessels that were in Yahweh's house. 
the golden altar and the table that the showbread was on, of gold, and the lampstands, five on the right side and five on the left, before the inner sanctuary, of pure gold, and the flowers, the lamps, and the tongs of gold, the cups, the snuffers, the basins, the spoons, and the firepans of pure gold, and the hinges, both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house, of the temple, of gold. Thus all the work that King Solomon did in Yahweh's house was finished. Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and put them in the treasuries of Yahweh's house. That is the end of chapter 7. So, although it took longer to build Solomon's own house, 13 years versus the seven years for the temple, we don't get much description of it, and then Pharaoh's daughter's house is mentioned in passing. There were some very large stones used. Remember that 10 cubits is equal to about 17 feet, as we discussed last time. The presentation of things in this section indicate that Solomon continued to work on the implements and furnishings of the temple after he had completed building the temple structure itself and while he was building his house. Verse 13 talks about another Hiram. Apparently, Hiram was a popular name in Tyre in those days, but this Hiram is obviously not the king of Tyre, but is a man skilled in working with bronze. The description of all the pillars and basin bases and all of that stuff is challenging for me to follow. I just wanted a photo, but alas, we know this temple was destroyed prior to modern photography and no other drawings of it seem to have surfaced. There are attempts at illustrating it in various places. For instance, my um, New International Version Inductive Study Bible has colored illustrations of it and the tabernacle, which are fun to look at. The book Learn the Bible in 24 Hours by Chuck Missler has a schematic of the floor plan based on the dimensions given. The best illustration I could find online was on the website truthsnitch.com, again, that I mentioned on a previous episode. I think she is getting it from the New Living Translation Illustrated Study Bible, but she doesn't say exactly, but I will put a link to that. I also appreciated the English Standard Version Bible note that she had under the illustration on her website where the commentators there concede that the description of the temple is not easy to interpret. This is probably why honest attempts at illustration do differ. But what does stand out is its magnificence in way of both scope and detail. I will also link to an Institute of Creation Research article that addresses an accusation that the dimensions for the Great Basin are mathematically incorrect. If you just want a summary of that argument, it is this. The basin's diameter is given as 10 cubits, the basin's circumference as 30 cubits based on how it describes the decorations around it, and since circumference is equal to pi times diameter, then a more precise circumference should be 31.4 cubits, or a more precise diameter should be 9.55. However, this assumes the shape of the basin is very strict and doesn't take into account the, impre- the relatively imprecise description of it being a hand's breadth thick. 
also when it talks about the shape of the lip, it, it doesn't talk about it's just a very strict bowl shape. So the, the description seems pretty obviously to be accurate without being engineering precise. It is always good and interesting to remember that in the New Testament, those who are born again are called God's temple. See 1 Corinthians 6.19, 2 Corinthians 6.16, and Ephesians 2 verses 21 through 22. And this line of thought begins with Jesus' statement in Matthew 12, 6, where he says something greater than the temple is here. And then in Matthew 27.51, where the veil is torn. Beyond that, there is still the temple in the prophecy in Ezekiel, specifically mentioned in chapters 8 and chapter 40, and also the temple in the heavens in Revelations chapters 7, 11, 14, and 16. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 